Today's daf is Ksubis daf ayin tes. We are holding on the bottom of daf ayin chesam base, three lines from the bottom at the two dots. First, we're going to talk about today shtar mevrachas. If a woman wants to keep her nechasim away from her husband, is there some sort of shtar that she can write that would uh, put it in someone else's possession, at least temporarily, in order to keep it away from her husband? Should they ever get divorced, and she'll be able to have all of the uh, the payros and everything that that, uh, that that land produced. And then the uh, the, the Mishnah on uh, Amr Aleph is going to talk about if she receives nechasim, um, how do we deal with it to make sure that there always is keren and payros. Meaning since nechasim elug, the Allah is that she's supposed to get the keren, he's supposed to get the payros. So some nechasim don't uh, easily produce keren and payros. So what do we do with those with those nechasim in order to make sure that there is keren and payros? The Gemara is going to define that only only when there is a Karen that's 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 going to last, that's not that doesn't uh, that doesn't get used up, will there be a din of payros? But if the entire product is something that gets used up, then there is no such din as Karen, then there's no, there is no such din as payros, the woman would get the whole thing. Husband only gets payros from something where the Karen is Kayam, where the Karen remains remains the same. So the Gemara is going to talk about uh, what about the Vlade Nikhsemaluk? What about the offspring of the Nikhsemaluk? It's going to talk about how do we we define what's called Karen remaining, how much Karen has to remain for us to say that that's called something that has a solid Karen that remains. And the Mishnah on the is going to talk about wh- whether there are certain things that are maybe family heirlooms or things that are a Shavach to the family that she should dafka keep in her family, that maybe such items we dafka do not, would not sell in order to create a situation of Karen and Peros, that certain things we should dafka keep in, in her family because they're important for her family. So let's begin three lines from the bottom on Ayin Chesam and Beis. There is a woman who wanted to keep her nechasim away from her husband. As Rashi says, Almana so she was an Almana and she she was going to get married, but she wanted to give she she wanted to keep the, the nechasim away from the husband so that he not uh, not make a kinyan on it. So what did she do? She wrote all of her nechasim. She wrote a star that she's giving all of her nechasim to her daughter. In Siva, then she got married, the Igrisha, and she got divorced. So now she wanted all of her nechasim. And her daughter says, what are you talking about? It's mine. You gave me a star that says that it all belongs to me. They went to Rav Nachman for a din Torah. Kare Rav Nachman Lishtara. Rav Nachman tore up the star, said to the daughter, it does not belong to you. It belongs to the mother. She was never giving it to you. Rav Anan saw what happened, what Rav Nachman had done, that he tore up this woman's star, and he went to Marukva. Do you see how Rav Nachman Chakla'a, Rashi says, means Rav Nachman must not know Dine Mamanis very well, because he's going around tearing up people's stars. It's an ironic statement. Rav Nachman doesn't know Dine Mamanis very well. We Allah Rav Nachman Bedini. Rav Nachman is one of the great experts in Dine Mamanis. Some of the Rishon say maybe this was early in his career before he had that reputation of being a great expert in Dina Mamnus. But he's tearing up people's sorrows. So he said, wait a second. Uh, Marukva said, Let me, tell me exactly what happened. Tell me all the details. You, you just can't come in 
come in here telling me that Rav Nachman's walking around ripping up shtaros. There, there obviously must be more to the story. So he explains, well, the story was, there was a woman trying to keep her nechasm away from her husband, wrote a shtar to the daughter for all the nechasm, and now Rav Nachman's tearing up that shtar. Oh, you're talking about a shtar mevrachas? Shtar mevrachas is just a shtar written to keep nechasm away from someone. It's not really meant to give nechasm to somebody. And that Rabbi Chanilai Baridi said in the name of Shmuel, Shmuel declared about himself that he is a great posek, and in but if a shtar mevrachas comes to my hand, I'll tear it up. So don't say that just because of Nachman is a chalka'a, that he's new at this game, that he's not such an expert in Dina Mamnus, that's why he's tearing up shtaros. Shmuel, the world's expert in Dina Mamnus, would tear up such shtaros. So I said to Nachman, why? Why would you tear up such a such a star? Because we make an assumption that a person would not uh, t- would not would not uh, uh, leave himself aside in order to give all of his nechasim to somebody else. Meaning he has two options when he has property, when he has when he owns something, he can either have it for himself or he can give it to others. Well, we have a chazaka; he doesn't want to give it to others; he wants to keep it for himself. At least when it's all of his nechas, meaning it is possible people give matanos, people do give gifts, even though something belongs to them, they give it away sometimes. But he would never give all of his nechas to somebody else. But maybe that shouldn't apply over here, because after all, she gave it to her daughter. So maybe it's true that a person wouldn't give all the nechas to somebody else, but a daughter is not somebody else. Maybe they would give to their daughter. Nevertheless, when there's a daughter, even if there's, even if it's a daughter, when when the other option is yourself, a person would still rather have it themselves than give it to their daughter. So we still have that chazaka that probably the person did not intend to give all of it to somebody else. So uh, it, it's uh, to, to, uh, interesting. Machlok is Rashi tells us on the bottom of the of Ayn Chesam Beis that Kasav Tinulabarta he wrote all the nechasim to the daughter. So Rashi says, well, what's what's to discuss then? If he gave all the nechasim to the daughter, so they all belong to the daughter. So Rash says, no, no. Vodil edim she'in matana zumatana elu lahavriach it must be that she let the she let Edim know that look it looks like I'm being makna everything to my daughter and that I'm writing a shtar but the Edim of the shtar know that it's not really meant to belong to the daughter that the, the whole purpose of this transaction is just to be mavriachit from the husband but if she doesn't tell Edim then there's nothing to discuss then of course it's a regular transaction and it all belongs to the daughter Tulsa says no they know the Rabbi Yitzchak Dim Kain Amatli if you were Modiel Edim, then it would be Pashut in the other direction. It would be Pashut that, that uh, she's not Kona. So why, is, well, why would Ravanan come and criticize Rav Nachman for tearing up the Shtar if there are Edim that it was never meant, that there was never Das Makna, that it was never meant to give to the daughter? Of course you tear up the Shtar. So says Tosos, no, she never said anything to anybody. The whole thing is an umtuna. If she's giving all of her nechasim away, we assume she doesn't really want to give all of her nechasim away. What she's trying to do is to keep her nechasim away from her husband. That's all she 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 means to do. So that's the so I it's dvarm shabalev. He says no, 
it's not a dvarim shabalev because it's a, it's a obvious to everybody that people don't give all of their nechasim away. So that would not be called dvarim shabalev. That would be considered something that's an umdina that we have the right to assume that she she doesn't intend to give everything away. There is a machlokas rishonim, a significant machlokas rishonim. How much uh, the the daughter does have rights in it, meaning when you write a shtar mevrachas. So what about in the meantime? She's married for all this time, and there's payrolls and everything. That's so who gets that in the meantime? So the, uh, the, the there are several shitos in terms of uh, what the what the the mekabel is zocher from the shtar mevrachas. In this case, the daughter is zocher from the shtar mevrachas. So the uh, the Tulsa says in the name of the rach and the rush in the name of the rashbam that uh, calls man that the woman is not nisalman or in Iskarsha, the Makabal gets everything. They get the payros, and if the woman dies, they're going to be Yorish, the, the land. The woman is only, the woman can't sell it to anyone else. That's the Shita Saram as well. She can't do anything. The only thing she, she, the only thing the woman retains the right to do is if she gets divorced or she becomes Nalmana, she's going to get the, the, the possessions back. But other than that, it's going to stay with the Makabal. The Makabal is fully Zoha in everything else. The, on the opposite extreme, Rashi tells Rid, the Ritva, many others say that the Makabal is not Zoha anything. The Makabal doesn't receive anything because all she's doing, she's not being Makna anything. She's just trying to be Mavriach Mibaila. But she doesn't want the, the Makabal uh, to, uh, to, to receive anything. So she doesn't get uh, payrolls, she doesn't get Yerusha, she does the, the Makabal, the daughter. Uh, the payrolls that the daughter eats, according to the Ritva, she even has to pay it back because she's not really the rightful owner of it at any point in time. And the Ra says, yeah, technically she would have to pay it back, but we assume because she's doing her this favor of being the dummy organization set up to uh, to act like she's receiving something, so she's mochel the peros in, uh, in, 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 as, as a favor for doing that favor. But those, those are the two extreme shitos. Now, um, there, there are other there are other shitos that uh, she's zochel the peros, um, but uh, the, the, the woman is still allowed to sell it, even though the makabel is zocha the peros, or maybe uh, zocha the peros and not and, and, and wouldn't be yoresh. So different shitos everywhere in between. You also find shitos in rishonim everywhere in between. There's an interesting discussion about lashon hara in the sugya, as we've mentioned many times. When the Chavetz Chaim wrote a sefer on lashon hara, he didn't really have a masechta to work with because there is no masechta lashon hara. So he found every little illusion in all of shas where something could be construed as lashon hara and tried to bring rayas whether. Uh, uh, what, what the halachos are of Lashonar is really a, that, that's what makes it a masterful work. Imamish created Yesh Mayayin with the Sefer Chavetz Chaim. So one of the things he discusses is our Gemara. That what happens Rav Nachman tears up a shtar and all of a sudden Rav Anan comes running to Marukva. Rav Nachman's tearing up shtaros. And what does Marukva say? Tell me exactly what happened. He doesn't say, no, 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 I'm not listening, you're not allowed to say Lashonara, I'm not, you're not allowed to tell me. So what's going on from Ravanan's perspective? What's going on from Marukva's perspective? So the Chavetz Chaim writes in Berma Im Chaim, Lashonara Klal Yud, Aleph, that Rav, it's not Lashonara because Ravanan was trying to get to the MS over here. He was trying to, uh, to his, his whole purpose was Kinas MS was to, to get to the truth for Din Torah. And if Rav Nachman was doing something that was incorrect, he needed to rectify that wrong. It was purely the shame Shemayim. There was nothing, nothing else going on over here. And the Chavz Chaim says, Marukva, from, from his perspective, had to listen to the Maisa, but and he didn't violate Lashon Hara by li- uh, listening to Lashon Hara, by listening to this Maisa, even though listening to Lashon Hara normally is Asr, because Marukva also wasn't trying to be Makabal Lashon Hara. He was listening to the Maisa in order to then 
figure out if there's a way to justify, if there's a way to explain, and maybe he's not getting the full Maisa. So the Chavz Chaim says that we can learn from the Maisa Marukva that sometimes when someone tells you they, that they have tainas on somebody, this person is doing this to me, this person is bothering me, you're not going to believe what this person did to me. So sometimes if they've already told you, if they haven't yet told you what the, what the other person has done, they just said, let me tell you something about so-and-so. You know what, I'd really, really rather not hear about so-and-so. But if they say, this person did that, and they just tell you, they blurted out exactly what happened. So he says, sometimes the best answer is to say, tell me exactly what happened. Maybe give me more details. Because then you're going to be able to be marba shalom. You're going to be able to uh, to create a sense of shalom by explaining to them that that really, what, what the what the kavana really was. So it's not going, now I, I, I would suggest that it depends what they're saying. If they're saying this person did this to me, then you're probably not going to be able to be marba shalom. If they're saying this person did this, but they're not saying to me, and they don't have any personal issue with them, so then maybe you'll be able to be marba shalom. Like over here in the case was it, it was no skin off uh, off Rav Anand's back. He was just saying Rav Nachman is tearing up shtaros. Okay, so you could explain a hanhaga that Rav Nachman had. But very often, if a person is saying they did it to me, they're not going to be makabel any uh, any explanation. It's probably in our best interest to end that conversation as uh, as quickly as possible. Um, there is a truva Rav Moshe has is if kinas haemes chavtzchaim is suggesting over here that Rav Anand's kinas haemes allows for uh, for this lashon hara. So Moshe has a truva. What about uh, getting someone to say Lashonara because of your Kinas Ha'emes, meaning a Rebbe is in a classroom and someone did something wrong and he wants to know who the culprit is, who did, who did, who is misbehaving or who did something wrong. So the Rebbe uh, wants the Talmidim to rat each other out. He wants uh, one, one Talmud to tell him the other Talmud. So Moshe has a tshuva about that and he goes, Moshe Yordeche and he says, absolutely not. A Rebbe should never try to get students to uh, tell on each other uh, because it's a Dover Mechuar, it's it causes the Talmidim to, to be make a blush and hara, because even the Rebbe wants them to say blush and hara. He says, only when the Kavana is l'shma, when he needs to know who did it, because there's someone that, it wasn't just stam, a little indiscretion that uh, children do all the time, but there's something that, uh, that a child is doing that he really needs to hear, uh, he really needs to be corrected soon, so then uh, it's, it's possible that he can get someone to, to, to tell to tell to tell on the kid, but that's only um, uh, that that even then he says don't to get someone to tell you. You should try to encourage the kid uh, that that uh, that he should be mesor. Then if a kid is mesor me'atzmo, he decides on his own to tell. So the rebbe uh, the rebbe can accept it, but the rebbe should never be goes there on his talmidim that they better say uh, something, they better tell something about somebody <coughs> else. That's uh, that, that, that's that's not going to uh, that's not an appropriate thing to do. So uh, even for the kinas ms of the of the Rebbe. But again, it depends on the situation. If it's something that's dangerous for the children or something like that, then the Rebbe's going to need to know. So, okay, so a lot of Lashon Hara, um, Halachas of Lashon Hara, comes out of this Gemara. So let's see uh, Vaitu in the Gemara. Um, uh, so let's say a woman wants to keep her nechasim away from her husband. What is the proper thing to do? Shemuel says she should write a star pasim to someone else. Rashi says what star pasim? It's a star piusim. It's a farce. It's a false star. She's writing a star that says that she's giving a matana to somebody else 
before she gets married, but that person knows that they're not really receiving matana, that the whole point of it is just to keep it away from the husband. Whoever she's writing the star to can claim that they're the rightful owner unless she writes somewhere in the star that you will be kona this if I ever in the future say that I'm interested in you being kona and then if she ever gets divorced she can say that I'm interested in you being kona so that the husband won't uh, will not have will, and, and, and that way in the interim the husband won't be able to have the payrolls because there's always this possibility hanging over his head that it doesn't really belong to his wife anymore so that's the way it will work only if you say but it sounds like it's only if you write but if you don't write then that depends when do you need to write that's only if you're if you're giving some of your possessions but if you're giving all of your possessions to somebody else then it's obviously mavrachas. it's obviously only meant to keep away from the husband and that would be fine then the husband should be kona. No, the husband is never going to be kona because this counts as nechasim shenim yudum lebal. This is considered to be nechasim that the husband doesn't know about because throughout the entire time they're married, he doesn't know whether it really belongs to him or not. So therefore, even if the lokech is never actually kona, the woman never says that she wants him to be kona, but still it doesn't go to the to the bal. So Tosavir points out the fact that we're we're locking this in alibud Rabbi Shimon that. This only works according to Rabbi Shimon. He says, Pasuk Racht, Rabbi Shimon, Benachasim Shein Yiduin. It must be that we pasuk like Rabbi Shimon, Benachasim Shein Yiduin. That Benachasim Shein Yiduin, the Baal, the husband doesn't get the peros to Benachasim Shein Yiduin. The Chayn Yirmi, the Kamer Vaal, Libud Rabbi Shimon, Mashmid the Kalhani, the Sfiru, the Shtar Mavrachas, Lokana, Sfiru, the Rabbi Shimon. Sounds like everyone who holds that Shtar Mavrachas, Lokana, only works if they hold that Rabbi Shimon, so that they could hold it works like Benachasim Shein Yiduin. But if you don't know that there's a din of Benachasim Shein doing, then there's no mechanism through which Shtar Mavrachas will actually stay away from the husband. However, says and therefore says Tosos, if it all if it all uh, relies on on Rabbi Shimon, so he says Maisa, later on Tosos says where it wasn't a woman who's being Mavrachas her Nechasim, it was a, ba- a man being Mavriach his Nechasim. Lefnei Rabbeinu Tam and the Shaila came to Rabbeinu Tam. Sharatzal Lilvos Sharatzal Shli Shtabdu Nechasim Levalchov. Case was a guy wanted to borrow money, but he didn't want his Nechasim to become a Shubud to that loan. So Vegam Shtar Mavriach Nechasav Shaloi Shtabdu Nechasav Luksubas Ishto. Or a guy was about to get married and he didn't want his Nechasim to become a Shubud to paying off his wife's Ksuba. So he made him a Shtar Mavriach. He decided that before he gets married, before he borrows money, he's going to write this star that he's giving everything to somebody, he's giving all these properties to somebody else, so there won't be a shibut on the property. That the star is kayam, and we can collect with such a star. We don't say, oh, it's a mevrachas. Whoever he was giving it to, he wasn't really giving it to, he was just keeping it away. No. No. It 
It's only where we have a mechanism called the chasam shem yuduin that you could say that it's a shtar mevrachas that uh, that the uh, that it keeps it away. But over here, where if the person who's who's getting it doesn't receive it, then the balchov is going to have a shibur on it. The isha or the ksubas isha has a shibur on it. But there's no other way to keep it to keep it away other than to make it a matana. So therefore, we assume that it's a matana gemurah, meaning there is no in between. It either belongs to the person you gave it to, or it's going to be meshubud to your chavos. In our gemara, we have an in between because there's such a, th- a thing as nechasim shem yudum. Nechasim shem yudum are possessions that, that that I own that that the woman owns, let's say, but they're not going to that that are not going to uh, be they're not going to go to the husband because he doesn't know about them. So it doesn't have to belong to someone else in order to keep it away from the husband. But whenever you have a situation where the only options are it either belongs to someone else, whoever you're giving it to as a matana, or it belongs to the person that you're trying to keep it away from, so then it's it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to, uh, and it's not going to work as a mavracha. So it will actually belong to the person that you're giving it to uh, if you really want to keep it away from the shibud. So that's Rabbi Natan, based on this idea that it's all based on Rabbi Shimon, that everything over here is based on Rabbi Shimon. Now there is a discussion we've shown him also when she says Me'ayom Luksharitza, who's going to yarshin the woman? Meaning if she says Me'ayom Luksharitza and she's giving Shtar Mavrachas, so who will uh, who will yarshin her? The Rambam said if she dies, the Rambam says that Me'ayom Luksharitza, the Baal is not Ochleperos and he's not Yoresh. And uh, the uh, the Rambam and the the Rambam explains what the Rambam means is that the Yorsha Isha are Yoreshher. It's as if she was Zochet to her Yorsha Al Yidei this Mekabel that the Mekabel was the intermediary to get it to her Yorshim. The Ramban and the Tours say that the Baal is not Yoresh, the Mekabel is Yoresh. The person she gave it to is actually Yoresh. And then the Ran quotes other Shittas and Rishonim, and the Ran himself agrees with that, that the husband is Yoresh. So three possibilities about who will be Yoresh, the Isha, if she dies when she's writing over such a star. Okay, new Mishnah. Nafluk Safim. If, let's say, she runs into some money, as the Nixay Mulug comes, uh, she gets Yerusha, some money, so what do you do with the money? The Allah is all the Nixay Mulug, the the, the, the Karen is supposed to belong to her, but the parents are all supposed to belong to the husband. How do you do that with money? So what you do is you invest the money. You buy Karka, and he eats the Paris. Tosrit explains that the Chiddush is that the Baal can't say that he wants to first uh, invest the money in, a, in something else as a way of, uh, of making it grow a little bit. Then they'll be able to buy a bigger piece of Karka. No, because anytime there's an investment other than real estate, it's assumed to be risky. Real estate is assumed to be the least risky investment, so he's not allowed to play around with the money. It's the Dafka have to be Yulakach and Karka and Vuhuach Peros. If let's say she receives as a Yerusha a whole bunch of payros, boxes and boxes of payros. So what do you do with those payros? So you, that's the carrot now. So what you have to do is turn that into a carrot, buy karka with it, and then he'll eat the payros off of that karka. This is a machlokas. If what she receives is peros that are still attached to the to the ground, but uh, so so is that are those peros considered peros or are those peros considered karka? 
Kilo Perus. We try to figure out how much those Perus are worth. Now, we can't, we can't evaluate them based on what you would sell them for in the market because no one sells Perus on Mechubarim Lekarka. You have to evaluate them based on the difference in the value of property between a property that has those Perus and a property that doesn't have those Perus. Umosa, so that difference, Yilachem Karka Vuachel Perus. So Meir says, you buy Karka with that, that's your Keren, and then the husband will eat the Perus off of that Karka that you buy with that. No, that which is is shalow. Whatever peros and mechubalakarka belong to him, that has a din of peros. Whatever peros are tzulshim and akarka belong to her, and you buy a karka with it, and he would eat the peros. So Shimon comments, sounds like he's saying the same thing as the Tanakama, but he just, uh, the Gemara will explain what the difference is, but he comments, makom shiyafa kocho biknisasa, that which he seems to have the upper hand when they get married. Hura kocho be it She he has the she has the upper hand when they uh, get divorced. Makom shuhura kocho biknisasa that where he has where he does not have the upper hand, where he has the lower hand when they get married. Yafa kocho be it In those items, he gains the upper hand when they get divorced. Ketzad peros hamuchubarim lekarka. When you have peros that are still attached to the ground. When they get married, that belongs to him. But when they get divorced, that's considered part of the actual karka. That's considered part of the karen, and that's going to therefore belong to her. But those parents that are detached from the ground, when they first come into the marriage, it belongs to her. I mean, you take those parents and you buy karka that will belong to her. So it be, it's hers. But when they get divorced, any parents that he's already taken from that karka was fully within his rights to have taken because he took them he picked them when they got married when they were still married and the peros when they were still married do in fact belong to him so he's just noting that it that that, uh, that it works out as you would expect that whatever upper hand he gets on the way in he's not going to get the upper hand on those items on the way out meaning if you're going to define something as karen so then it has to be defined as karen in both in both contexts if you can define something as peros it has to be defined as peros in both contexts so now the gemara discusses what if they have a dispute as to what kind of real estate to invest in? So Pshita, it's obvious, Ara Ubati Ara, that if they're arguing whether to invest in land or to invest in, uh, in, in houses, you would go with, uh, you would go with land. Rashi points out, Naflak Safu, Mubao Likach Lakarka, Ze Omer Karka Basriya Anirotza, Vizoso Meres Batam Anirotza Likach, O Epoch. So either he says, I want to buy land, and she says, I want to buy a house, or the other way around. So Rashi understands that it could work either way. That there's uh, that, that meaning that it makes sense that either one of them would want one type of real estate over over the other, um, that, and and either one could therefore stop the other one from buying the bias and can insist that they buy that they buy regular land that they buy they buy ara because uh, she could say I don't want something that's gonna that that, that the Karen is going to be mismayed over time. So uh, bias the Karen is mismayed over time because it doesn't it doesn't produce a new crop every year but land produces a new crop every year because in that in that sense land is better for than than a bias um so uh or it could be that uh, the husband will say i don't want karka because uh, i don't want uh i don't want to have to work the land all this time uh the uh or or uh, i do want karka because i want something that's peros of marubin and i want something that will produce a lot of peros and karka will produce a lot of peros so i'm interested in that so it could be that there's 
svaras on either side, according to Rashi. Not all Rishonim understand like that. So Zrilin says that Karka is better in that it's Omedes Liolam. Abayas is better because it's Marviach Boyoser. He understands that there's more benefit from Abayas. So the woman wants Karka because that's going to be more everlasting and she's only getting the Karen. She's only getting what's going to be left after you get all the Peros out of something. The, ba- the Baal would, want, would be the one that wants the house because the Peros would mean you rent out the house to someone and you could charge however much rent and that's all Peros. So the husband is going to be more interested in the house because it's easy Peros. He doesn't have to work for it. He's just rent it out and he gets all those Peros and the bias is going to slowly fall apart over, over time. So by the time she gets it back, there's going to be maybe very little Karen actually left in the, uh, in the bias. So that's, the, that's how he understands the, the, uh, the, the debate would work between the husband and the, and the wife. Um, okay, so further in the in the Gemara, Bati Vidikli, if they're arguing about whether to, to get a house or decal trees, Bati, then you buy a house rather than decal trees. Dikli Vilani, if the argument is about a decal tree or other Ilanos, decal tree has uh, grows, grows dates, so then Dikli uh, Vilani, Dikli, then you buy a decal tree. Ilani Vigufni, if it's a question whether you buy an Ilan or a Gefen or vines, Ilani, you buy regular trees. Now over here, it, it sounds like from the uh, from everything we've been saying until now that we should still be talking about okay if there are two options and they're debating what to buy, then the Gemara is still telling us what to do because it sounds like So Rashi says no, that's not what's going on over here. Now the conversation changes a little bit. Now when we say Rashi says we're talking about now when these items are uh, are are enough. The woman actually receives these items of Yerusha. And the question is whether these items have any peros. Do they have a keren from which peros are produced? And, and therefore, the husband, we would say that the woman is the owner of the keren and the husband actually gets the peros and he can enjoy the benefits of it. Or do we say that, uh, that, that, that they themselves are a, are a keren, whatever it produces is keren, and you have to sell them and buy karka with it? Because the, the, the rule is anytime the keren is going to be used up, the husband is not allowed to eat from that keren. Meaning anytime the item itself is going to get used up, the husband doesn't get, doesn't get any benefit from it. What you have to do is you have to sell it, buy a karka with it, and then the husband will get the peros of that karka. So what are these items? So Abazardasa, as a, a Rashi says, a forest that they use to chop down trees, Rashi says, They didn't have chashva peros, so they would chop it down just to use for the for the etzim. They would, they would use this just for the for the wood. So every time you chop it down, you're chopping down another tree. It's not really producing peros in the classical sense. And, and the other example is peru de kavri. You have a chafira shal dagin. You have fish in a uh, in a pond. So every time you take the fish, it's a fish that's not going to replenish because fish don't replenish themselves. They do, they do have more, uh, they do reproduce, but it's not going to replenish that same that same fish. It's not going to grow back like by a tree where it replenishes its fruit every year. Sa'amrila pira. Some say it has a din. If she gets it as a yerusha, they have a din of peros and the karka is the keren. 
Karnan, and therefore the husband is allowed to use it. Va'amila Karna. And some say, no, the whole thing is considered Karen because Klal of the Milsa, Gizo Machlov Pira, and Gizo Machlov Karna. If when you cut it down, it grows back, that's, that, that's called that there's Karen and Peros. And if there's no Gizo Machlov, then the whole thing is Karen. And if it doesn't grow back when you cut it down, then the whole thing is going to be considered to be, to be uh, Karen. The Haksava Kabbalah on the, on the, on the Isra of Baltashkis writes that if a tree that has food that's, uh, that, that, that's rotten or is old and doesn't make food that's worth it, that's worth it to maintain the tree, is not called an Eitz Machel. He says, you know, the Isra of Baltashkis, they're not allowed to cut down a fruit-bearing tree. doesn't mean that any tree that has fruit. It means a tree that, whose fruit is worth having. But if the tree's fruit is not worth having, it's not even worth the expense of keeping the tree, then it will not be called an Eitz Machel. So one of the rayas that the, that the Achronim bring, that the Aksav of Kabbalah is correct about this, is uh, from Rashi over here, that Ilan Hashal Zradin, they didn't have, their peros weren't chashuv, and therefore there would be kotsinos on la'etzib. It doesn't sound like they were violating some sort of terrible iser by doing that, but that you're allowed to do that. If the, if the tree's greatest value is in its wood, and the tree's value is not in its fruit, so then it would not be a violation of baltashchis to, uh, to cut down such a tree. Um, Baitur in the Gemara, again relating to this klal, that something that's gizom machlif, something that, that replenishes itself, is considered peros, it's considered to have karen and peros, but something that doesn't replenish itself, the whole thing is considered to just be karen. If a person steals the vlad, the offspring of a behemas mulug, the kefal payment goes to the woman, since the woman is the rightful owner of the uh, of the Vlad Behemas Mulog. She's the rightful owner of the actual uh, of the actual Peros. Well wait a second, of the actual Karen. It's that the husband only owns the Peros. So wait a second, Keman, Lokra Banam Lokanya. That sounds like neither like the Shita of uh, the, the Rabbanan or Khananya, meaning we're assuming that we're saying that the Vlad of the Behemus Mulug are not considered Peros, they're considered Karen. Why would we consider the Vlad of the Behemus Mulug Karen and not Peros? Because if you kill it it doesn't replenish itself. And anything that doesn't replenish itself is not called peros. So, uh, so, so we're, uh, we're, or, or that, that as Rash says, cheshin shematamos ha'im v'yichla karen. Sorry, that's what it is. Yeah, it's not that if you kill it, it won't replenish itself. But anytime the karen might not always be there, then anytime it's yichla karen, the karen might not always be there, then what it produces doesn't have a din of peros. So the mother of this animal might not always be there. The mother might die. So since the mother might die, their offspring does not have a din of peros. That's what we're assuming. So says more, but that's against the Rabbanon, it's against Hananya. Titania, because we have a Brisa, Vlad Behemus Mulug, Lebal. That Tanakama says the Vlad Behemus Mulug goes to the husband. Vlad Shivchas Mulug Leisha. It's only the Vlad of a Shivcha that belongs to the woman. The Hanani ben Achiyoshia Amar, Asu Vlad Shivchas Mulug, Vlad Behemus Mulug. And Hanani says, No, Shivcha is no different. The Vlad of the Shivcha is no different in terms of its status as Peros than the Vlad of the Behema, and therefore it it all has the status of Peros. But bottom line is that we see both according to the Tanakhama and according to Chananya, the Vlad of the Behemas Mulug has a status of Peros. And therefore it should belong to, it belongs to the husband. And therefore when you steal it, you should have to pay the Kefal to the husband, not to the wife. So how come we said that uh, it goes to the wife, that the Kefal goes to the wife? It says, You could even be assuming like both Chananya and the Rabbanon. Pira tekinu le Rabbanon, 
Pira de Pira, Lotakinale Rabbanan. Maybe the Rabban were Masakin that the husband gets the Peros, but that that money, that extra money that comes as a result of the Peros, like Kefel, that's called Pira de Pira. That's uh, the, the Peros of the Peros, and that the husband does not have the rights to. So the, the Peros he's going to get, but the Pira de Pira he's, he's not going to get. So Tosos points out, what do you mean? So that, that Vlad has another Vlad, he's not going to get that? That's because that's Pira de Pira. Tosos says, no, Pira de Pira means midi da'asime alma, meaning uh, something that comes from outside. But clearly he also gets the pere peros, meaning if they fell, uh, let's say uh, peros grow on the trees of the uh, woman's field, the uh, and he takes some of those peros and he plants them in the ground, and he, and he plants the seeds in the ground, and new trees grow. So he's, he's the owner of those trees. He could do whatever he wants with the peros, and whatever peros those peros produce are his. Not only are the peros that the peros produces, the uh, the the karen of the uh, of whatever those peros produces is. So piru de piru he does get. It just means when it comes mealma, when it comes from out of nowhere, it comes as a kefal payment from someone else. That's what we're not misakin for him. So says Mar Bishlamilchananya I understand shitas chananya that we're not choshish lemisa, and that's why chananya says that the vlad behemas mulug goes to and the vlad shivchas mulug are both going to go to the uh, to the husband, because we assume that the Karen is always Kayim. The Karen doesn't go away. He's not worried that the Shifcha is going to die, that the mother Behemah is going to die. So therefore it's considered that the Karen is always intact, and therefore the, 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 the Vlados are considered Peros. El Rabbanu, but why would the Rabbanu split between a Behema and a Shifcha? Then even the Vlad Behemas Mulug should not be considered Peros and should not go to the Baal. And if they're not worried about Misa, then even the Vlad Shivchas Mulug should go to the Baal. So says They are Choshish Misa. A Behemah is different because even after the Behemah dies, there's something you can get from it. It still has a Karen that's Kayim even if it dies. And that is the R of the Behemah. You can use the R. Of and the assumption is you cannot use the Ar of a Shivcha. Shockingly, that is an actual discussion in Rishonim. Whether the Ar of a Shivcha is Mutabah or an Eved is Mutabah no, whether you're allowed to use the Ar of a Shivcha or an Eved. So they bring a raya from this Gemara that, uh, that maybe it's not Mutabah no because, uh, because Ika Ora, there's a Chuva. I forgot one of the Chuvas farm has a shadow whether a Kohen is allowed to wear a belt made out of human skin. And uh, the, 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 the Chuva was. Cohen, no one's allowed to make a belt when allowed to wear a belt made out of humans. Because that's about no, you know, I'll get a no from uh, from a human dead body. Amr of Hunabarchia, Amr Shmuel, hair is different. The hair you're allowed to, the hair is not considered part of the body. Amr of Hunabarchia, Amr Shmuel, Halacha Kichananya, that we pass them like Chananya. Amr of Amr of Nachman, Avakav of Amr Shmuel, Halacha Kichananya, even though Shmuel says Halacha is like Chananya, Moda Chananya, Shimnizkarsha, no son is dumb in a taltan, may Shavach Besavia, that if they get divorced, that she could buy back those animals because that's, uh, that's Shavach Besavia, that she could buy back the, uh, the, the Shivcha, the Vlad of the Shivcha, because that's Shavach Besavia. Let's say she brings into the marriage a goat for to use for milking, a uh, sheep to use for shearing, a chicken to use for laying eggs, the decal of perosa, a decal tree to get its peros. So it can keep on eating till the uh, the karen is gone. 
If she brings in a glima, a, a garment, that's considered peros for him to, uh, and he can he can use it and enjoy it until it's totally worn out, and then whatever's left of it, whatever shmata is left of it, that's the keren, that will go back to her. Meaning we don't have to say, let's sell the glima, buy karka, so that he should have a, a legitimate keren. That is a legitimate keren. That's not called that the keren is gone. So, keman kietana, who we assume like the following tana, ditanya, hamelch vachol, areza peros. When you have salt, you have, uh, you have uh, holes in the, uh, you own the shore where the water comes up and it goes into holes and then it dries up and then you're able to mine the salt or the chol, you're able to the sand that people would use, hareza peros, that's considered peros, even though it doesn't really replenish itself, it's considered that the karen is kayim. Pir shal gafres mechapuras shal tzrif, machpuras shal tzrif, from meir omer karen v'cham mom peros. Something that needs to, a, a raw material needs to be mined from the ground is a machlokas tanayim, whether it's peros or karen. Rabbi Shimon omer makom shiafa kocho. Rabbi Shimon hainu tanakama. What's Rabbi Shimon saying any different than the tanakama when he notes that that which the husband has the upper hand in with on the way in, he has the lower hand on the way out. Amrav mechubar mishasitzia yikubinayu. Now kamin is those peros that are mechubar at the time they get divorced. Tanakama would say goes to the husband. Rabbi Shimon would say it goes to the wife. Let's say she receives his nifse melug as Yerusha. Old avadim shvachos can't do much, so sell them and buy karka with that money, and he'll get the peros. Shimon Leil says, no, you can't sell them because that's shavach beisavia to have those avadim in the family. What if she gets old grapevines or old olive trees? Again, you sell them and you buy karka, and he'll get the peros from that karka. <coughs> you can't sell them because that's the Shavach Beisavia to have those items. The whole Machlok is if she owned the field as well. But if she didn't own the field, all she got was these trees in the field, then everyone would agree that's called Kalia Karna. The Karen will ultimately dissipate and therefore you have to you, you have to sell them. What about Avadim Shvachos? That's more like a Sada She'ena Shalah and nevertheless, we still find that they have a machlokas about it. So how could you say kuli by The way to say it is as follows: The machlokas is when the field does not belong to her. That's when there's a machlokas whether you sell it or not. But if she owns the field, then everyone would agree you definitely don't sell it, even if the trees in the field are really old, because the properties are shavach that she. She has the right to keep in her family. Okay, but the show will pick up at the mission tomorrow.